0: Hello and welcome back to In Bed with Lucy Season 2. Before you enter, be sure to wipe your feet to the place where we discuss all the shits and giggles of the adult industry. Now for all my newbies, I'll quickly run through my disclaimer. Everything I discuss is of my own opinion and it does not reflect on the community at large, as everyone experiences sex work differently. This podcast is rated R18+, and it may contain explicit language and make references to sexual assault, drug and alcohol self-harm, domestic violence and other triggers not limited to the previous mentioned. If this doesn't fit then please kindly stop now. For the rest, let's get this party started. Hello and welcome back to episode 2. Today I will be talking about my experiences working in a establishment versus working for an agency which I later found out was an illegal agency, Versus working independent. Okay, so I'm going to discuss each of my experiences in the order in which I experienced them. I will first discuss my first entrance into sex work, which was with an agency. The one that I later found out was an illegal uh, running agency. So my experience working for a female-run agency was originally it was, I thought it was a good experience. I thought it was someone that was on my side. She basically spoke everything that I wanted to hear and also was saying things in a way in which she was entrapping someone to kind of basically coax them into what she wanted and also entrapping them into that. So my first experience at first was great, like I thought it was good, and then I later found out the how much she was actually exploiting me. And it all came to light when I had my first experience with a client that wasn't acknowledging my no. I was withdrawing consent um, to a sexual act, and he actually proceeded uh, 14 to 17 times further to actually physically perform the act until I actually choked him out. And I eventually physically told him that he was no longer able to receive my services. And I actually removed him. When I went to tell the agency owner that was running the illegal agency, she didn't give a fuck. She dead set, did not give a fuck. She wanted me in. She wanted me out. She had 15 minutes to turn the fucking whole place over, clean it, get it ready for the next girl to come in. She had girls back to back. She was running, finding girls on different ways like Instagram, um, seeking arrangements. Like anyone that looks like they're into like sexual stuff, she will basically um, put an offer to them to say to be a sugar baby or anything like that in order to coax them to be a sex worker. So if you're willing to, you know, do have sex or do any type of encounter for money, well then obviously you're willing to be a sex worker. So that's generally how she found her people. And that's also how she found me. So yeah, it was actually a really um, eye-opener at that point. I realized what was actually going on. So I thought I needed to do everything in my power to find out exactly what was going on. I needed to investigate and I needed to hang around a little bit because I needed to see what was going on with the other girls because I was a little bit more mature and I was a little bit more, I guess, worldly or I guess more educated streetwise as well. So I felt like some of these girls were really young and had no fucking idea what the fuck they were doing. So I felt like I almost had to save some of them. I convinced the agency owner to basically be like her cleaner and PA. And I used all those opportunities in order to, I guess, P.I. her uh, what was going on. And I had made huge discoveries and took evidence um, as I could before I'd left. And unfortunately, when I did leave, I left quite abruptly because obviously it was quite a hostile situation. So I had to basically make a very, very quick handed decision in order to protect myself. So obviously no one's more important than me. I need to protect myself. So yeah, I wanna save other people, but in the end of the day, my life is way more important So I found that I, that ended abruptly and I ended up, uh, she tried threatening me and then I ended up basically checkmating her in a way that like no other. So that was a really terrible experience for me and she actually took 60% of all my jobs and she also took 60% of all my extras And would also convince people to do really, really dangerous sexual acts in order to get more money if they weren't getting enough clients. So she would definitely, definitely encourage natural. She would definitely encourage come in mouth with swallows. She would encourage anything that she could exploit more money from. And keep in mind, she also got a cut of all your extras too. And I'll get into the reason why you don't do that, even in a a legal establishment, they don't have actually any legal rights to your extras. So yeah, she would also take money from the extras. So inevitably, majority of the girls were only getting paid less than $300 per act in the, in the end of the day, I think the whole amount was about $600. So, and on top of that, she would force you to get really, really expensive photo shoots and she, she would make you pay for them. She'll say, Oh, you know, I'll pay 60% of it. Cause I'm taking 60% of the income. That's bullshit. She actually made you pay even for the hotel that she would use for a job. So you could do shooting. This chick was, ah. Uh, The energy that she's got, I'm actually surprised that karma hasn't come and cut her off at the knees, at the kneecaps. She's really fucking shocked that this woman has continued to carry on to exploit young, vulnerable girls. This person has two young boys of her own. You'd think a mother would be compassionate. Absolutely no compassion, absolutely no empathy. She does not give a fuck about your life, literally. Um, I think she has one big paying escort at the moment, which she's willing to basically do anything for, but anyone below her basically has to beg for her approval and has to basically beg for work, which is a really shitty situation to be in, especially when you're like a sex worker and you're already willing to put yourself in a pretty mentally fucking distressing situation. And then uh, to add on top of that, the bitchness of a woman, she can physically and mentally go get fucked. Like she's just a stupid cunt. I left that situation gracefully and I learned so much from it. And one thing that I learned about that scenario was the fact that I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. So I guess this is more motivation to the reasons why I do this podcast is because I'm going to tell you the fucking real deal of what's going on out there. You have no idea the amount of women that are out there to exploit other women and say that, oh, I'll be here to mentor you. Yeah, there are genuine mentors. And I actually know one um, Vivian Black. She's amazing. I've uh, spoken to her personally and she's if anyone's going to do mentoring, I would highly recommend um, her. But I've had way too many um, bad stories of other girls um, that have been non-genuine, um, like Vivian. Vivian's the kind of person that will be eating her dinner and still helping you, even though she's starving. God love her. Um, but there are other girls out there that just do not give a fuck. They are there to take your money. They don't care if you get raped. They don't care if you... Um, use drugs or they don't care if they put you in a dangerous situation Um, they just use mentoring as some type of disguise in order to illegally pimp you and illegally exploit you in a way that really I think the the police really don't know how to take action on certain things, eh? Like, you can pick up on sex work, but yeah, let's not worry about an illegal fucking escort or someone that's exploiting younger girls and even convincing them to be sex workers. Like, isn't that really against the law? But anyway, so the next experience I'm going to talk about is when I went independent. So I went independent n- not long after. Actually, no, I went into a brothel for three weeks, sorry. Sorry. Um, I worked at a brothel, a local brothel, which was a woman um, that I knew. She basically was just another one. uh, Even though she was running a legal brothel, she was just a real sick, perverted sociopath. Any girl that goes near, like I've actually personally put my name against reviews regarding the, I guess the personal trauma and on myself and, and trauma that I've personally witnessed on other girls. That this particular brothel owner has done, but she—you know what? She doesn't have any regular girls. Literally touring girls just exploit her establishment, and all her girls that she does have all do privates behind her back anyway. So no one's ever really been loyal to her. No one's respectful. No, one, like you—you you reap what you sow. You know what I'm saying? So she's just being a total cunt um she'll do the same things will say all the nice things try and convince you I'll do this I'll do this I'll make you dinner i you don't have to pay for this oh you get this cut you get more cut than anyone in Wollongong and she will do the exact same things as every other brothel like that I have experienced is that they will exploit you and they really don't give a shit if you have a drug addiction because if you could stay awake longer then that means that you can do more clients. That means that they can make more money from you. It's not uncommon for brothels in my area to actually supply the, the workers with drugs. And in fact, if they OD, it's not uncommon for them to say, just chuck them in the car park, just don't let them fucking OD on property. So brothel owners, like anything, they're a business. They just want to uh, get their money. And in the end of the day, if they have to use a tool, which every single job you require, some type of tool, if you're that tool, they literally don't give a fuck what actually happens to you. So if you get raped, if you get assaulted, and they will actually force you to do jobs that you don't want to do. So if a client has previously assaulted you or previously tried to push boundaries and you've told the brothel owner that that's what they do, they literally don't give a fuck. They literally don't give a fuck. You will see that client because you'll be earning that money and they will push you and push you. So it's not a very good situation to be in. They will always say the right things at the beginning. They will always do whatever it is because it's hard to get girls. Cause once they keep doing that to girls, girls just get their money and fuck off. There's so many brothels around. You you can literally fucking point your finger. You could turn around, spin a bottle and wherever it lands, it will land on a fucking brothel. I shit you not. So that's why it's so difficult to hold on to girls. And plus, when you go independent, you literally have to do one job to earn a whole week's wage. One moment, my doorbell's ringing. <laughs> Sorry about that interruption. One of my girls, Holly, came over just to have a quick coffee and a chat and a bitch, an event about life itself. You know, we all can relate to that. So, where was I? I was discussing brothels and What a shit experience it was for me. I actually haven't really experienced any type of... I know that other girls have experienced um, some severe incidences occurring in a brothel, and a brothel will literally do nothing to assist you. So, yeah, I have really bad experiences with an agency. I also have really bad experiences with um, establishments. So I decided to go independent very quickly. And yeah, here I am. Booyah. But before I move on to talking about my independent experience, I do kind of want to discuss a few things that happen in a brothel in an establishment Generally, majority of the cut is 60-40, meaning that you get 60% and the house gets 40% of your hourly rate. It's not uncommon for an establishment to charge a accommodation fee for while you are working. You would think that your rate would cover things like that, but unfortunately, unfortunately, they kind of, it's like that Simpson episode where the mayor was like, I'm going to start a wearing pants tax because he just wanted to create taxes for any any way that he want. So you'll find that majority of brothels will exploit every single step of the way. So they can sometimes charge an accommodation fee. They can also charge you a condom fee to use condoms and they will not allow you to bring your own They may also charge you for other supplies that you may need, um, like sponges and other supplies that your client may need. They will charge you for that. Depending on damages caused, they could also charge you for that, which whatever. But yeah, no, a brothel will definitely exploit um, as much as humanly possible. And they will also exploit it to a like almost... A, I think it's a th- one, two, like a 400% profit. <laughs> like if they buy something for $2, you're spending 20 bucks. <laughs> no shit. Like it's fucking disgusting how brothels treat their workers. Considering that without the workers, they actually wouldn't even have a business. So, yeah, I haven't really heard many business or any brothels that have been really, really good to their girls. I do know one brothel that's really good to their girls, but they still charge overly priced for a sponge, which they shouldn't do because they're paying a couple of dollars for it and charging the girls tens of dollars which is appalling. So not every single brothel I've ever met is actually ethical. In the end of the day, they are a business, so they need to charge for every aspect, but you need to almost supply things for your employees to be able to work. Without the condoms, they can't work. Without the sponges, they can't work. Without the linen, they can't work. Without the room, they can't work. You can't keep adding charges and taxes just because you see fit. So my experience at working establishments and also they will say things like, oh, you know, because usually they have a glass so you can see the client and they can't see you and they'll be like, oh, look, we've even got this glass in place so you can see who it is and all this stuff. The reason they have it in place is so you can see who the fuck is is that you're going to have to see next. You know what I mean? They generally don't put it there because they don't give a fuck about your opinion. It's there just so you can have a quick prepare. Otherwise, you're forced into basically every single job. They'll just say, you need the money, you need the money, you need the money, we need the money, you don't complain, you don't get any money, you have to take this job, you've got no choice, it's too quiet, all this bullshit. They'll put any act that they can in order to force you to do the job. I would also like to mention that brothels have no legal right to your extras. If you charge any extras, that is between you and the client. Generally, in a brothel, the only service that you need to provide is oral with a um, condom. And at your discretion, oral on you with a damn. But generally, it's just oral on them and full service sex with a condom. Anything added to that, kissing, oral on you, fingering, groping of breasts, any type of extras, you generally would charge extra in the room for that. So in an establishment, it's literally just, I'll blow you, wank you, or fuck you. And that's, that's all you're getting in your house payment. Everything else is an extra. You want to kiss, you want to do anything else, you charge extra. And every single part of that money is yours. If an establishment attempts to take your money, especially in New South Wales, I would even go as far as reporting them to Scarlet Alliance or SWAP in order to make record of a establishment attempting to take your extras they have absolutely no right to that even though they charge you left right and center like the fucking no pants tax pants tax fucking on your head tax fucking tax shower tax all that bullshit yeah they'll charge you through the roof but they can't charge your extras so that's it they they can't do that So now let's move on to my experience as an independent sex worker. Now, obviously, my experience as an independent sex worker is amazing. We've already kind of clarified that. And I'm guessing that you've kind of got the gist that I do love what I do. And obviously, I wouldn't be doing it for this long and devoting my life and also sacrificing a lot of my life in order to be a independent lover and companion to people that I know need it in order to make this world a better place so I love the fuck what I do I love the fuck out of it I wouldn't really change anything for the world but you know how did I get to this point because years and years and years ago I thought fuck I'm never gonna get to this point yet here I am at that point but let's be honest what you really want to know is how I got to this point when I decided to be an escort Well it was a step-by-step process and just like learning how to walk I had to learn how to crawl first. Like I've mentioned in my previous episodes I have discussed how I have set up my business but how I went forward when I decided to be an independent sex worker it was definitely a slow process so you know especially being a regional based sex worker I wasn't in a huge city So I knew that it was gonna take a a while to establish my branding. However, I did know that from my previous existence in my local city, I knew that people already knew who the fuck I was. So I knew I would definitely be getting some type of work from that. And especially from my previous employment, when uh, people found out about my business, I knew it would kick off. I just needed to be patient and basically put one foot in front of the other and put things in place in order to expand my business and expand where my outcomes and goals were going. So everything kept on evolving. So in the first month I made a certain X of money and I thought, well, that's really good. And then the next month it doubled. And then I thought, wow, that's amazing. And the next month after that, it tripled and it just kept on going to a point where I was like, wow, I never thought I would reach here. I kind of liken it to the feeling of when you're driving. And I know this is a really bad thing to bring up, but when you're driving and you look up and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, I know I drove here. Did I go through any red lights? Did I stop at all the signs? Like, how I don't recall how I got from my work or how I got from my home or how I got from that place to this X place. It's almost like you look up because you were so preoccupied that you just didn't take a note, find detail. So I can um, liken my experience in, on my entry as an independent sex worker to that. I head down, bum up, I was just focused on tomorrow. So I had very short, at the first beginning when I started as an escort, I had short goals. I was just like, if I make a thousand dollars, wow, that's fantastic. I would liken it to normal salary. So I would think to myself, well, I wouldn't be earning this money if I was working a 40 hour week, you know, and I literally just worked for one hour. You know, so you've got to put things in perspective as well when you first start because it also gives you, I guess, some type of like food or some type of fuel for you to continue on, I guess, doing what you're doing. Because if you're feeling down and you're feeling um, shit on yourself and you're feeling like the situation isn't working out for you, well, things aren't going to work out for you. So you just need to remain positive. And I found that remaining positive and just putting my head down And focusing on each month as it came past and getting through it and I did and slowly slowly I educated myself in order to better my knowledge in safety, privacy, work-life balance, social life balance, um, all those kinds of things and I've probably found that it took to about four years of being in the industry to kind of find my happy place. Because I'm at the point with my business where my reputation speaks for itself. There's not really a great deal that people can actually say about me that's going to affect people's opinions of me. So um, I'm at the point where I've, I've just set a really good standard. So therefore, I am now known. So I'm just at that point where I'm now sustaining my business to a good level, which is great. I don't really have to rely on bad publicity, even though bad publicity gives me a great deal of money I've worked out. It's just not nice to have occur. So I head down, bum up. I worked hard. I put a lot of my energy and a lot of my life on the line to achieve all these goals I made a lot of sacrifices I also achieved a lot of greatness throughout my travels but to get to this point was definitely a lot of hard work a lot of blood a lot of sweat a lot of tears and doing things out of my comfort zone that I originally never thought that I was capable of doing and here I was doing it when you've got to run a business and it's what you want to do baby you will do things that You never thought you were capable of doing, and I'm so proud of the things that this job has made me uh, do and achieve. I've gone outside my comfort zone. I have exposed myself to so many different experiences. I've been educated by so many different walks of life. I take so much uh, value in everything that I do. It's given me a great appreciation for life. You know, In the end of the day, none of us are getting out of this alive. I would really like some great experiences while I'm on this earth. And I'm just so grateful that being independent and being in the position that I am has given me the opportunity to be able to embrace life with two full, you know, two arms wide open. And without that, I don't think I could do that working 40 hours and 50 hours. I see all my friends whore themselves out to the big man, yet I'm the prostitute. But regardless of that, I just see all my friends struggling with mental health and struggling with finances and still devoting majority of their life to their job. And still, it's never really enough. And this job gives me that satisfaction of knowing that I'm enough. And it provides me financially with the things that I require in order to live on this planet and enjoy the experiences that I get and maybe even get a little bit more out of life because I have more stability and more time to be able to experience those. So for that, I will forever be grateful to sex work. I'll forever be grateful to being independent. I will forever be grateful to the moment where I went, you know what? Fuck this shit. I got this. I've totally got this by the balls, by the cojones, by the titties. I don't need anyone's help. I, I, I control my destiny and things weren't as scary as it was as soon as you got close up to it. So funny that sometimes things can be so intimidating from far away, but the second you're so close, it's actually not that bad. Like, so all you got to do is have faith, be patient and good things will happen as long as you're putting that good vibe out there, manifesting all that real good shit, all those good vibes. What the fuck could possibly go wrong, right? And on that note, I shall bid you all farewell. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed your stay and I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Don't forget to follow my Facebook page, In Bed With Lucy. And I also have an Instagram and my handle is I Love Lucy Wollongong. One word. I also have a Twitter account, Lucy Price AUS. One word. Until then, stay safe, be true to yourself and always be kind to others.